to the Only Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Rick, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, the Todd to my abomination, it's Robbie. Robbie, how you doing? I'm alright, mate. I did. Uh, I do remember asking you not to call me that. Specifically but, requested it. Um, but, you know, other than the blatant rejection of my opinion and feelings, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Not, you know, I'm a little bit fluey today, but that's all right. You know, it's just... Yeah, you're a little bit under the weather. I do feel like this might be a bit of a gross episode to listen to because of because of you specifically. Specifically, yes. Yeah. Usually, yeah. people don't want to listen because of you, but today it's probably because of me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I. No, 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 no! Don't do that. <laughs> Whatever you were gonna say, save it. I just, I all I want to say is that I, I think that I bring in more listeners than you personally are we gonna let him say that about us people are we gonna let him say that about who us who are you talking to i'm talking about the people rick dude your mum stopped listening after four episodes it's because of how horrendously uh vulgar you treated me you know what i mean wow yeah that is some descriptive language that's right i read a thesaurus before i came here <laughs> been practicing <laughs> i've been no not practicing i've been uh oh shit <laughs> i can't even come up with another word should i just delete that whole thing where you said you've been reading it for i <laughs> <laughs> uh, do what you want man that's funny <laughs> uh, look the uh, point is i lied uh, <laughs> i think what i'm trying to say is i, I i'm lying uh <laughs> <laughs> shit what a fucking shit start what are we talking about today let's get going okay so we're going back into the cocktail corner tonight we are talking about two different topics tonight we've got she-hulk and werewolf by night coming up so i decided to go with werewolf by night for the cocktail and we've got a little gin drink the the Bloodstone Gem is what we're going to be drinking tonight. Well, I mean, drink. I say drinking. We both already finished the drink. What did you think of the drink? Well, with what limited taste buds I have left, uh, I thought <laughs> it was very nice. I liked it. Rick put strawberry jam in this. Yeah. It was good. It was fancy. It was good. We I fancy. liked it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's making me like a sundae or something? No. Maybe maybe a cocktail with jam. A gin sundae. It was delightful. And I didn't taste any alcohol, which is crazy because, well, what did you say? It was like three shots or something? Yeah, it was just under, like, or basically four shots. It was was over three and a half shots in there. So, I mean, I I eyeballed it a little bit. (laughs) It wasn't precise with the measurements. But yeah, about four shots, which I'll be honest, because we did finish this before we started recording and I haven't eaten a lot today, I'm feeling a little bit lightheaded. So, yeah, you're big softy. Yeah, <laughs> I am going to try and keep on topic as much as possible, but I may be a little bit loose this episode. So we'll see how we go. But I wasn't as big of a fan. I think it's like we talked about this before. Like I don't, I, I think the gin for me, I, I just don't think I'm as, as big of a fan of gin as you are. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, don't know, I didn't mind it. It was okay. It was. It wasn't the worst cocktail that I've made. That's for sure. I'll leave that to the the Umbrella Academy episode that we did. That was fucking awful. But it, it was okay. It was okay. But it's, it's leaving me a little bit lightheaded at the moment. So we'll see how the rest of this episode goes. So before we get into Werewolf by Night, we are going to talk about the finale of She-Hulk. We thought that we did kind of do our season so far recap and, you know, did the talk about the first seven episodes and we weren't really sure if we were going to come back to it and revisit it for the finale, but we thought that the finale was a big enough event that we we probably should talk about it and we should touch on it. So... I I wanted to go to you first, Robbie. What did you think of the finale? Did you enjoy this closing to the She-Hulk season? I did. I thought that this episode was kind of like, not a Hail Mary saving throw for the series because it wasn't like a poor series, but it just wasn't, like it wasn't anything to be hyped over. But after the finale, I was like, oh yeah, okay. This was just genuinely like a, a pretty decent show. Yeah. Because, like, with the whole the rewrite at the ending, I thought that was really good, where she's kind of like, this show doesn't make any sense. I was like, she, she's right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Holy crap, how is she doing that? But, yeah, no, a I, I, little handy touch from the fourth wall break. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, 
Got to see Daredevil. That was cool. Yeah, Matt uh, Murdock making an appearance. Emil Blonsky kind of just like, I don't even know how to describe him anymore. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not a big fan of the abomination in She-Hulk, are you? I just don't like that he's like, that he's chilled out now. That he's no longer a criminal. Yeah, I'm kind of like... He's reformed. Yeah, but he's like, it's, it's, he's a bad guy. Yeah, but not anymore. People grow, man. People change. I know, but like, when you, <laughs> like, have you recently watched the first Hulk movie? No, no. I think the last, I well, d- define recently because I think I watched it maybe within two? the last like three years. Oh, then yes. <laughs> Cora and I did a rewatch before. Um, uh, what was it before? Twenty nineteen. I'll say that. Okay, so yeah. like before Infinity War. Uh, no. Infinity War came out in 2018, didn't it? Pretty sure it came out in 2019. Ooh, I think it might have been. I think it, I think Endgame came out in 2019. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then right, we right. rewatched everything for Endgame, so it would have been then. So yeah, 2019. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Um, but I didn't like it. No, I didn't like it either. But like, I liked Emil Blonsky. He was just like this fucking super soldier already, and then he just got like hell roid rage from the <laughs> souped up. Yeah, from the. The Hulk juice. The shitty super soldier <laughs> that made him just hideous. An abomination, if you will. Yeah, I I, I, I guess I, I get I just, that. I just don't understand how he made the jump from, like, top badass agent of destruction to, like, a hippie with nine soulmates. Because <laughs> I I like the character, but I just when I when I reference it back to what he was, I'm like, how, where, how, how did this happen? Well, he spent like eleven, twelve years in prison. So, well, that can change people, man. Yeah, but is like, I mean, I've ne- I've personally never been to prison myself, but well, you should try it. No, I'm I- <laughs> <laughs> that's the way the system's supposed to work, right? Like, you're supposed to come out of it changed, not wanting to reoffend. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I still don't like it. I still, I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you make perfect sense, but I still don't like it. Okay. I mean, I yeah, I know where you're coming from. Like, he is Abomination is one of the the biggest Hulk supervillains. I think. So. I think my thing is like in Shang Chi when he popped up at the start, I was like, oh my god, this is cool. Abomination is like fighting someone. Yeah. And then at the end, they walk back through the same portal, and he's like, like Wong's like coaching him. I was just like. I'm so confused. I don't understand what's happening. Well, this is this is what I was saying to you. We we talked about this quickly before we started recording. That this is my hopes for the direction that they're going to take the abomination is that he may be working his way onto the Thunderbolts roster. And like we've had the announcement for the Thunderbolts roster, and he wasn't on that. But I also like to think that there's you know room for that to change as well in the next couple of years. So you know maybe that training, the fact that he's now thinking that he's a good guy can lead to him joining the Thunderbolts and being a good guy, you know, with some backing behind him, with a team behind him, that kind of thing. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. Yeah. So that's, you know, maybe that's the direction it'll take. Maybe not. Who knows? Like, you know, we don't write for Marvel. But Does, does the Thunderbolts currently have, like, a tank-like character? No, I wouldn't say so. Like, that, no, like, no Hulk equivalent. Yeah, like, Red Guardian's tough, but he's kind of like... I was going to say, Red Guardian's probably the closest to it. Yeah. So, yeah, but other than that, I wouldn't say maybe, yeah, no, nah, because the rest of them are kind of like soldiers, super soldiers. It's a very militarized group. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're not, we're not here to theorize about that. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about She-Hulk. So the finale, it starts with the, the opening scenes from the ninth, the retro 1970s Hulk TV show that starred Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. What? Did you enjoy that? I really liked that. I was so confused at the start. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when it happened, I was just like, "Have I pressed the wrong thing? What did I click on?" <laughs> and then I was just like, "Oh, I get it. I get what they're doing. This is cool. I like that." I I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a really good way to start it and like set the tone of like this is gonna be a weird, fun episode, and not just this like you know it's not serious. It's not supposed to be taken serious. And I think that theme is carried on throughout the entire episode, which I really, really enjoyed as well. So I, I liked it. I liked the opening credits of that. And then it's, you know, we deal with the, 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 the start of the episode deals with Jen dealing with the fallout of her, I don't want to say sex tape being leaked, 
but her public humiliation oh, oh, oh. at the gala. Her Let's, Kim K. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with the public humiliation. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> and then, you know, her dealing with that, her coming to grips with that, and then also wanting to get revenge on the intelligentsia. We find out that Todd, who has, you know, is one of the biggest clients of her law firm, is the leader of the intelligentsia, infiltrated by Pug and uh, what's her name? What's Jen's friend's name? Oh, shit, I can never remember her name. To be fair, I can't remember a lot of the characters' names in She-Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, just the people? I Honestly, that is the only name that I can't remember. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm really blanking on it right what now. What about the lady lawyer that defended her? Mallory Book. Shit. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. You're all tough. Hold right, on, I'm Googling. I'm going to find out who it is because I can't. I can't let that stand. That's not, not, it's not fair to her. I feel like it starts with an A, but I feel like it definitely Nikki. Damn, it's eight. There it is. <laughs> Nikki. So Pug and Nikki find out that it's the, uh, you know, where the intelligentsia are meeting. Pug infiltrates the intelligentsia by being guided by Nikki. And then out comes Emil Blonsky to do a motivational talk at the intelligentsia meeting. I don't think that the abomination, Emil Blonsky knew what he was doing there. I don't think he realized what the group was about. I thought that was made apparent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that he was there in like support of that. He was just there to do like the classic Emil Blonsky motivational talk and this is how you can better yourself, that kind of thing. And then the episode just devolves into madness, really. Todd has stolen She-Hulk's blood, turns himself into his own version of the Hulk, and then Titania crashes through the wall and then Bruce Banner returns, crashes through the roof and starts fighting the abomination and it's just madness. And I want to know, like, before we go any further into the episode from there, what did you think up until this point? Like, when that all started to kick off? I, I was ready to turn it off. Yeah? I was just like, that's just, that's just so much. Why is that happening? Well, Too like, much, right? Like, as soon as Titania rocked up, I was like, this is a joke. Yeah. Because I was like, she has nothing to do with this. Well, the second, the second Todd put the 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 Hulk she Hulk blood into his arm. I was like, ah, really? Like this yeah, is what like I, this is what the this is what the season's boiling down to? I was like, this is so stupid. And then and, yeah, Titania crashes through the wall, Hulk like flies through the roof. I'm like, mm, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not when, a fan of the direction this is taking. I'll be honest, when when Hulk crashed through the roof, I was like, oh, okay, so something's happening. I just didn't realise it. She was going to be like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is going to be like a, like a dream sequence. Yeah, or something. I, like, I this can't just, be right. I was just like, she must be like tripping or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. It's like, there's no way that this could possibly be the way that this season ends because this isn't the story. Like, this is not what this was building to. And then obviously Jennifer Walters herself says that. And that's when you get like the fourth wall break to end all fourth wall breaks. She crashes through the Disney like Disney start screen. Yeah. And enters into the Marvel Studios and talks to Kevin. Kevin Feige or the Well well, no one said Feige. Yeah, well, the AI that is representative of Kevin Feige, the the Kevin which is Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus, who is running the Marvel Studios behind the scenes, and completely rewrites the ending to She Hulk. What it, did you did you like the fourth wall break? I did. I liked it when she kicked open my TV because <laughs> again, when it went to the menu, I was just like, oh, I sat on my remote, and then I realized the remote. Is was that there. a common occurrence for you? Yes. <laughs> Put your remote somewhere else, man. I don't think I've ever sat on my remote. All right, well, there's no need to get all uppity about it. It's like, it's <laughs> well, it's just that's it's just... just something I go through. Because right? <laughs> like, see, I have my TV in my room. You know, ah, so right. like it's just in my bed with me, and then like I forgot. I... Sorry, I forgot. I'm an adult who owns my own house. <laughs> <laughs> don't leave it silent for that long. <laughs> if you don't respond, it makes me feel mean. <laughs> that was mean. Rick. Oh come on now, that was mean. Look, you're young. I'm you, old, you, right? No, listen. You don't get to make fun of you. <laughs> I. You don't get to do that because. You know, that's like that's like when the wait, is your brother older or younger than you? Older. Okay, so did he ever like accidentally make you cry and then when you were crying about to tell your mum, he'd be like hitting himself, so you're like, see it's fine, it's fine. What do you mean accidentally? <laughs> 
Look, as the older brother, I'm going <laughs> to stick with accidentally. I'm going to stick with accidentally because <laughs> uh, my lawyer told me to not stray from the story. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, you, try, you can't just be like, hey, look, it's fine. It's fine. I made fun of me as well. No, Rick, <laughs> I don't have my own house. I'm not 37. All right? whoa, whoa. I'm not okay, married okay. with a wife. All right. Let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> I'm 29. <laughs> I never, hey, listen, I never said you were 37. I just said, I'm not. Okay. okay. All right. So, uh, sorry. That's me. That's on me. My so that was just, <laughs> I was just your insecurities coming out. I'm that's, getting um... defensive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the fourth wall break. I I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, it's it's classic She-Hulk. And that's something which has happened uh, a few times in the She-Hulk comics, actually, where she's like busted out of the panels and spoken to the writer, the She-Hulk writer in the comics as well. So that is something which is not an uncommon thing for her to do. So I kind of liked that nod to the uh, the old medium of comics. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was fun. And I thought this was kind of like perfect because, you know, she sat down and she talked to Kevin and like outlined what we like, you know, the whole, the season wasn't really about this culmination in this huge spectacle of a fight. It was about Jen and the story of how she has learned to deal with the persona of She-Hulk and blah, blah, blah. The only thing I took any form of issue with in this finale was when she broke the fourth wall or whatever and then she went and met with the writers. None of them freaked out. You know what I mean? They were kind of just like, oh, what's she doing here? I was like, has this happened before? Yeah. You know, like... Do you know that they were the actual writers? That's really good if they were. They No, it actually is. There's like a guy cutting ham in the back. <laughs> That's Zeb Wells, who is currently writing for Spider-Man comics, but is also a writer on the She-Hulk series. That's awesome. And um, the the guy that she speaks to, that she talks to directly, who was like, I would kill for Kevin. That's uh, Zig. Who is who wrote the Spider uh, Spider Punk comics that we're not big fans of, but we talked about the Spider <laughs> Spider Punk comics before. There was no need to say that. <laughs> there was no need to say that. But that yeah, so like they're the actual yeah, so anyway, Spider Punk piece of shit. I hate <laughs> they're the actual writers for the She Hulk series. Yeah, okay. So I thought that was cool. Like that's a nice little touch. Get themselves in there. I mean, I feel like every writer should do that. It's very much a, like a pat yourself on the like, back moment, isn't it? Like, look at me, Ma, I'm in the movies. If there's ever a chance for you to do something with a fourth wall break, make, sure, put yourself the, in make sure the writers are fucking in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's happened with Spider-Man once or twice. Like okay. in the like an animated series or whatever. Like he'll, be uh, like, yep. he'll be like, what the hell? And then Stanley's like in a room writing. He goes, Spider Man, what are you doing here? Yeah, right. That does sound like something Stanley would do. Yeah. <laughs> RIP, Man of the Myth Legend. Yeah. Big ups to Stanley. <sighs> what a king. So, talking about fourth wall breaks, I, I posed this question to give you a bit of uh, time to prepare for it before, we, before I asked you. You on say the recording. that. You say that. But, like, it's not like I could have rewatched the show. It's like. If anything pops into your mind, what was your favorite fourth wall break from this episode? Uh, the one that you were telling me about that I can't quite remember right now. Oh, so you're just going to piggyback off of my answers? No, my favorite one was when, like, <laughs> my, just, just because of how I felt when it happened, my favorite one was when the menu popped up. Yeah. Because like, of how I was just like, oh, shit, I fucking sat on the remote, haven't I? And as I'm looking for the remote, it's just like she starts talking. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was fully just like, Oh, no. Thank God they got me. They got me. <laughs> Thank God no one else was here to see this. <laughs> Thank God it was just me in my room. Well, I had two. I got two picks, and it's not neither one of them is that one. So my first one is the when she's about to leave and she's saying to, to Kevin, we're hulks, we smash things. Bruce smashes buildings, and I smash fourth walls and bad oh, yeah. and occasionally Matt Murdock and she like gives a little wink to the camera. That was good, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a bit saucy Netflix. I'm not Netflix, Disney. Oh, <laughs> wow, Netflix. My bad. Sorry, I was thinking of like Daredevil's Netflix. You know? Yeah, no, okay. The, the show that you never watched. The, yeah, well, but that's the same actor. So, Whatever. but yeah, Whatever. I really liked that one. I also really, really liked when she was sitting on the floor and she's asking Kevin all these questions and she goes, and also, when are we going to get the mutants? 
And then she gives the th- thumbs up to the camera. She's like, yeah, I've got your back, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Kevin's just like, I can't answer that question. I really, both of those were, I thought, like, that's good comedy. I really like that. Mm. No, no, both right answers. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had time to, <laughs> I had time to prepare for it. You didn't. Uh, I have one more question before we move on to Werewolf by Night, and that is, did this season finale change your opinion on the series as a whole? I have an answer to your question, and uh, my answer is yes, it did. Like, it didn't make it, like, you know, the best show I've ever seen, but it definitely changed my opinions overall of the show. You know, I might have given it, like, a, a low C or even, like, a high D before, and now I'm kind of like, oh, you know what, because of that, like, how it changed the the narrative of the show, I was like, oh, actually, I actually enjoyed that, so maybe, like, a low B type of thing so you, yeah. yeah especially with like the um intelligentsia i liked i liked intelligentsia in in the show because they're just a bunch of trolls yeah yeah you know well but, it's that it's that representation of the toxic fan culture isn't it yeah yeah but like in in the comics they're like these it's like a, a network of villains yeah you know what i mean but instead it's just like it's just a bunch of trolls and this really rich guy. But yeah, a bunch of bums. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, she didn't earn it. You know, she sucks. She just got it from like the other Hulk. Like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, nepotism. Too nepotism. Yeah. I really liked, this is a bit of a side tangent to that, but like when Pug <laughs> was talking to them all and then like every now and then they'd be like, you're a really handsome man. And then somebody in the background was just like, I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> like somebody in the background is like, yeah, I'd smash. <laughs> just the group of these dudes are just like, yeah, I'd smash. I'd definitely smash. Talking to Pug. One thing that I really liked about that is that it, I think it's one of the best, best ways that I've seen somebody call out their own fans before. I don't think I've anyone. I don't think I've ever seen anyone call out their own fans before. But like, yeah, like specifically going out of their way to put this message out of being like, you guys need to be better, and like your complaints. Like we know, like we know your complaints because it's been the same complaints for years and years and years. And the fact that they're able to. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about She Hulk in our previous episode. That this came out like, well, sorry, this was made like two years ago. That they predicted a lot of the criticism and the backlash that they were going to get in this. Because it is so stale and done before, you know, like all of the criticism that's come through is stuff that we've heard before for other products. I I really liked that. I, f- I felt like that was a very self-aware moment from Disney and the uh, the writers of She-Hulk. But I agree, like I this did change my opinion on the series as a whole. And I think that, I think I would have been the same as you. Like I probably would have had this in that like low C grade here i don't know how high i would put it now but i think for me it really helped reframe what this series was about Mm. that it put back into perspective that this wasn't about the spectacle like this was never supposed to be a show that was leading to a massive showdown and you know for the people that were expecting that i was like no this is not what it's about like you don't go into watching something like brooklyn 99 and expect there to be this massive showdown at the end of the season like that's not what it's about it's about the story and the people along the way and this this show is specifically about jen's story and how she dealt with having these new powers and that changing her life completely it was never about i'm gonna beat down titania in the last the last episode of this season and Yeah. yeah i think like i've had a few episodes where i've gone on rants about like we need to be better about our expectations and that we're not entitled to have our expectations fulfilled like you know just because we wish cast something for a movie doesn't mean that it's going to happen and just because that doesn't happen doesn't make it a bad movie and i felt like i got sucked in a little bit that was like we talk about the predictions that we made for um for this season of like oh we're gonna have the leader the leader's gonna show up and obviously i was incorrect about that and i feel like that was me getting sucked into like what this show isn't supposed to be yeah that being said i'm gonna slip this in there that i was right that scar was gonna <clears throat> show up at the end of it yeah, so, so you know that's that's one each way. So you're you're wrong yeah, and you're right. Fifty fifty on so, that. So so yeah. it cancels each other out. So it's not worth mentioning. Two predictions. I got one correct. I hang my hat on that one. Um, and then but you, yeah, then I, you lose your hat on the one you got wrong. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. I've got two hats. It's fine. <laughs> well, then you're just a weirdo. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I've got one hat that I wear to the gym. That's like my sweat hat. And then one hat that I don't wear to the gym, you know, that I wear any other time. I've got I a hat outside. that I wear and I have a hat that I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like normal people. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I have a hat that I hang and a hat that I wear. All right, Red, congratulations, bro. You, you just, you're weird as fuck. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Werewolf by Night. And if you haven't watched Werewolf by Night, I really suggest you go and do that. We're not probably not going to talk too much about the plot and give too many spoilers, but yeah, I would recommend going watching it. Spoiler alert, it's 55 minutes. It's short. So it's yeah. short as fuck. It's, a, it's the first of the Marvel specials. So it's, you know, it's not quite an episode of TV. It's not quite a movie. What did you think? Did you like Werewolf by Night? Uh, yes, I did. I liked it because it was almost entirely shot in black and white. And I liked the the monster aspect of it because Marvel's got a lot of monster characters in it, but they haven't been brought into the MCU until yeah. this point. There's a lot of there's a lot of horror to Marvel that hasn't been utilized yet. And I'm pretty sure like a lot of Marvel's like oldest characters are monsters rather than heroes. I'm pretty sure like like Man Thing. I think he's yeah. like, he's old old Man Thing who does appear in who does Marvel appear. Final. Is that a spoiler? I mean, we said that we're going to talk about it, but we're not really going to talk about the plot as much. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're coming to this podcast and you're listening to it, you can't really be upset if we do spoil something. Like, we're doing a reaction podcast. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, like, be better. If you if you contact us upset, my reply will be, be better. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Thanks for watching. I fucking loved werewolf by night okay well that was yeah okay i thought it was great i really really enjoyed it i it was so different to anything else that marvel has done up until this point and again we've said this in multiple episodes that i i love when marvel genre hop when they do something different and they they fucking killed it like i honestly think this is one of the best installments in phase four yeah, I'll give you that. I just liked I liked how it was filmed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like from certain shots that they got on camera to the fact that it was black and white except for the red. The bloodstone. The bloodstone yeah. and then like right at the end when it changed. Anyway. I um, was I was hooked from the start. Like the opening narration and they're telling us about the, the bloodstone family and their history of monster hunting. Like I was I was in it from the start. Like this is going to be good. This is going to be a really good, I don't know what to call it, because it's not technically a movie. Short movie. We'll call it a short movie. Installment. Installment. This is going to be really good. And I was not disappointed. And why? Like, why Why do you think this worked so well, where there has been so many things from Phase 4 that have disappointed? Well, there was no pressure at all on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was no expectation. There was... Because, like, it's not even a hero. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like Werewolf is a Marvel character. But yes. he's kind of like a side character. He is a side character, but like at the same time, like werewolves are just a thing in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to breeze past this. But you called him Werewolf. His name is Jack Russell. <laughs> Jack Russell, the Werewolf. You can't call him a werewolf if his name is Jack Russell. Oh, that's exactly what he is, though. He's a dog. <laughs> He's a dog. Okay? Sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. Yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> You're talking about the pressure that it was... That, like, oh, was no yeah. It's just it. that, like, because, like, no one really knows. It's the same with Moon Knight. There was no pressure on Moon Knight coming mm. in. Yeah. And it was easily one of the best things we've seen in Phase 4. Yeah. You know, so it's, and same thing for this. No pressure at all. Comes in, does its thing, and there you go. It's it's just it's good. Yeah, it's, yeah. I feel, I feel <laughs> My analysis. Like, it's I, good. I, I just I, I just feel like lately because everything, especially after Phase Three, everything Marvel did was pretty much gold. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. So every time they advertise that they're doing something, it's like pressure gets put on it. And it's like yeah. There was pressure, like they advertise Moon Knight, but no one knows anything about Moon Knight. Yeah, so. I mean, we've and we've talked about it before that like understanding that Phase Four for Marvel is a bit of a rebuilding phase, and they're 
they're wanting to ramp up, but it's kind of, you know, they're setting the stage and it is a lot of like place setting. But, but it's like, it's a rebuilding, but it's also, it's, it's an expansion as well. Yeah. And I think if there's still that, there's still like with that understanding, there is still also the recognition that a lot of the things that have come out for Marvel in phase four, while we still enjoy it, because that's the kind of people that we are, has been mid, you know, like they haven't been knocking it out of the park, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we still enjoy watching it because we enjoy superhero stories and that's, you know, that's what we're here for. But they haven't been the highest quality that we have seen previously. Whereas this, for me, Werewolf by Night was this, like I found this perfect blend of style and substance. They told a good captivating story like i didn't feel like i missed anything out the characters were fleshed out in that 55 minutes the characters were completely fleshed out i understood their motivations i knew where they were coming from and at the same time i was gripped by what was happening in the story i was enjoying like the aesthetic and the look of it there wasn't this need for these huge explosions and like it was just like everything about it was great and then you mix in with that. The ho- Are you, do you like horror? Are you a horror guy? I'm such a pussy when it comes to horror. <laughs> I'll put my hand up so quickly to admit that like, when it comes to horror, I'm just a giant pussy. I wish I could watch them. I really do. Yeah. I'm just so uncomfortable watching it because I'm that guy. And like, watch, like, If you watch them all with your mates, I'm the guy that's going like, don't fucking go in there. Don't go in there. <laughs> what are you doing in there for? Get out! Oh, you idiot. <laughs> oh, you fucking deserve that. And then, like, they go in and then they're fine. I go, oh, oh, it's all good. And then something jumps out. I'm like, oh, shit, fuck. Ah! I'm done. <laughs> fuck this. If anybody needs me, this. I'll be in the kitchen. Who <laughs> yeah. wants a fucking sandwich? I'll cook. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, I try to watch them. So, like, thrillers, I enjoy. You know what I mean? I can do thrillers. Yeah. Horrors, yeah. horrors are the things that get me. You know, like, like Get Out was a thriller, right? That definitely wasn't a horror. That wasn't scary at all. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? They're kind of like suspenseful, but they're like... Yeah. See, I've, I, I'm the same. Like, I've never been a big fan of horror. I can watch it. I'm I'm not the guy that's screaming at the screen, but I'm the guy that makes jokes throughout it because I am uncomfortable. <laughs> You're the worst. You're worse <laughs> than me. You're actually worse than me. The one that's like, ah, oh, well, this is super like, yeah, this is dumb. Like, oh, this is going to happen here. And this is like pretending that I... I'm you're, not fussed by it, but yeah, internally pre- I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> you're like, yeah, obviously this is going to happen because I'm so smart and I'm not scared at all. And then something happens, you just quietly shit like, yourself. I knew that was coming and I still hated it. <laughs> oh, like me and my brother, when we were kids, we would try and watch horror movies, but we'd watch it in the fast forward motion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we'd be like, all right, there's a jump scare, there's a jump scare, there's a jump scare. We'll skip those parts. And, no, no, no. And then we're like, all right, let's try and watch it. And then we'd still get scared away. Like, Fuck! Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a couple of toughies we are, hey. <laughs> I'll fight you. <laughs> no jump scares involved. That's I'll, not, that's not going to get us anywhere. I'll put you through a window. <laughs> not, and yeah. as, you, as you point out, it's not my house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, not, not a fan of horror, but I really enjoyed the horror elements that they did splice into this. And I think more like the way that they relied on the suspense and they utilized that and utilizing the black and white so they can put more gore in there and it still be Disney friendly, I really, really enjoyed. Well, I, I think it's also the fact that because they gave it like the like the old kind of feeling, you know, like the kind of 50s, yeah, 60s. Yeah. So even in the, like those horrors. The classic horror. Yeah, classic horrors. It's like those aren't actually scary. The Bride of Frankenstein or The Mummy. Those kinds of things. Yeah, but it's like, even like, one of my favorite scenes in the film is, like, in the short, is where he transforms. They don't even show it. It's so good. They don't even show it. The they transformation show, is insane. It's a camera shot of... Elsa. Elsa, pressed against the cage, like, like pressing herself against the cage to try and get as far away from Jack as she can. Watching the transformation, watching him, watching him transform, and yeah. there's all the lights flashing around, and you can just see his silhouette morphing as he gets bigger and yeah. turns into the monster. So well done, and just just things like that made me really enjoy it. You yeah, know what I mean? it's like, like that. That I liked it because it's like that took time, it took thought, and it's just something that like that'd be cool, and it also like kind of 
it references the previous movies that have done the same thing. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. It was a good like homage to that. Classic homage, horror. thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's also like I don't know if you know this, but the guy that directed it, Michael Giacchino, he's a composer. He's better known for being a composer for movies, and this is in this he was doing the music and the directing. So, oh, did he score it as well? Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so he bit off quite a fair bit, but he he fucking nailed it. That scene, I was going to bring that scene up as well. That transformation is so so well done that you don't get to see you don't get to see Jack transitioning into the werewolf at all but you can see the horror on Elsa's face and how scared she is and like you can feel it you know what's going on you know that he's turning into a monster and you don't need to see it to fully appreciate that like this is a huge moment yeah it was so good it was so so good yeah so like you utilizing those elements throughout it but then also utilizing the fact that because it's in black and white the blood isn't red we can have a bit more gore in there and and just you say that though but like when man thing takes people out yeah he like blows them up yeah like fully disintegrates <clears throat> the uh the the matriarch of the the bloodstone family just <laughs> oh, she was such a pain in the ass so. well you know i think it's it's part of man thing's power that like if he touches you and you feel fear that you just burn basically essentially so- so that's 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 what happened to her at the in the end of that. It was all of it was so well put together and so well crafted that like you didn't need to see you didn't need to see the transformation and the I don't want to call it the hallway scene, but where Jack is taking out the guards when he's in his wolf form and just laying waste to people. That and there's really good. there's blood splattering against the camera. You've got the backlighting, so you can't really see you can't see Jack, you can't see the guards probably, you can just see silhouettes and you can just see him going to work essentially, that you didn't need to see all of that to completely capture the emotion and what was actually happening in that scene. I fucking love it. I I said this to you before before we started recording that I think I would take Werewolf by Night over more than half of the TV shows that Marvel have done. I think the only things that I would say stand above it I would say it's like it's on par with Moon Knight and WandaVision. And then the only thing that I would say is better than it is Loki. Everything else I would say is I would prefer more of this than I would the TV shows. Wow. (laughs) That's a pretty big claim that I almost agree with. (laughs) Almost? Where do you draw the line? I've kind of got it like next to Hawkeye. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I enjoyed hawkeye very i think much. yeah i mean like hawkeye was fun right look as as far as like my enjoyment goes yeah it's probably on the level of hawkeye as far as like well like uh, just a well-made piece of like, cinema. cinema yeah uh it's yeah it's probably like on par i like i'd probably put it higher than um moon knight to be honest yeah in ter- like, yeah in terms of in terms of like cinema quality yeah just yeah. like wandavision and loki are just like so up there and I'd, I'd probably chuck werewolf up there as well yeah yeah but it, yeah i don't know i if you haven't watched it and i'm gonna say this again if you haven't watched it go and watch it because I'm, it I'm, is i'm probably gonna watch it when i get home again i watched it literally like three hours ago and i think that like people people who don't like marvel aren't gonna click on it because it's got the marvel banner on there and I honestly think you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't need to know anything about superheroes to watch this. It's not a superhero thing at all. It's not. Werewolf by Night, Man Thing, they are Marvel characters. That is, yes, 100%. They are from but Marvel Comics. They're monsters of horror. It's This is beyond what Marvel Comics is and what Marvel movies and TV shows is. Like It's, it's just genuinely good cinema. So if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. All of that aside, all of the praise aside... Where do you think this leaves Marvel going forwards? Because I want them to do more of this. Do you think we're going to get more Marvel specials in this vein? And what, I don't necessarily what, mean... In this, in this phase? Well, I don't necessarily mean... Well, not necessarily in this phase, but just going forwards. Oh, like, well, yeah. They came up with like a whole fucking like... The opening credits. The opening credits. Yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily need it to be black and white, but just more Marvel specials like this. Because what I think Marvel have here and what they've kind of done and set themselves up and put them in position to do is that these Marvel specials could be an opportunity for them to soft launch characters as well. Because what I said before, of I felt like I knew these characters and I didn't feel like there was anything else that needed to be explained. I think this has been a bit of an issue with the TV shows 
as well is that a lot of the TV shows probably could have been movies. And I'm not going to say like Loki, Loki and WandaVision, I think could have been TV shows. That's, that's, they make sense as TV shows, but things like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that could have just been a movie. Yeah. You know? no, that's, that's, yeah, I like that. You haven't told me about that, but that's good. I like that. These, these Marvel specials where they can bring in these new directors and bring in these other people like, who have these different creative versions to launch characters. Cause I'm not sure if you know of, of, um, that there's rumors of a Midnight Suns. They potentially might be doing a Midnight Suns arc or movie within Marvel. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But just because of the game that's come out. Well, I don't know if it's because of the game, but I mean, like the Midnight Suns is something which has been around in the comics as well with, again, obviously a, a lot more horror ties than what the, the normal Marvel does. Yeah. But that could be a way for them to flesh out the roster of that. But any of these like sort of secondary characters that they might want to launch, like something like this where, you know, give it to a director, let them be artistic and let them have free range because the Marvel specials may not be getting the big releases or like the TV, the TV traction that, you know, everything else is getting, but allows them to soft launch, trial characters, test things out, do things differently and find what actually works for them. Because there hasn't been a huge amount of talk about Werewolf by Night, you know, compared to, compared to like She-Hulk or even Hawkeye or that kind of thing. You know, there hasn't been as much talk about Werewolf by Night. They didn't really flood the the media with it. No, and it hasn't been all over hasn't been all over social media inundated with it of like, oh, this is happening in Werewolf by Night, you know, as you get with She-Hulk or whatever it is. Like people are people are talking about those shows constantly. And that being said, I haven't seen anything negative about Werewolf by Night. I haven't seen any negative feedback about it at all compared to the other TV shows, which by the exceptions of like Loki and WandaVision, as you said, have been a little bit mid yeah. and have been, you know, like a bit more controversial in the way that they've been received. So I don't know. I just think this is a really good opportunity for Marvel to to continue to do things differently and continue to experiment and like pump out good products that aren't necessarily like Avengers products or whatever it is, but just good quality cinema. Yeah. Do you think um, that they'll keep doing this type of theme of, of cinema? Like, cause you've got Blade coming out. That'll obviously be very different to this. But with Blade and then Werewolf, there's room for more monster characters to appear. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Dracula or even people like Mephisto or characters of that caliber. Do you think that it'll kind of keep it going? Or like, for example, will we get the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I would love that. You know, (laughs) I don't necessarily need it to be... Like, I really enjoyed the horror side of it and I really enjoyed this style. I don't necessarily need every Marvel special to be that though. Yeah. Like I, I I would love to be honest, after watching Werewolf by Night, I want to see more of Man Thing and Jack Russell's bromance. I would love to get more of that and their adventures. And you know, this could also be an introduction for Blade. There's, you know, you could do a Marvel special with Blade in it as well. So like I'm not against that at all, but I could also like I would enjoy watching a movie a Marvel special of Namor growing up. You know, like what he's gone through, like these new characters that they're bringing in and like this isn't obviously confirmed to happen at all, but like a Doctor Doom Marvel special, something to happen there, like any of those kinds of things. I feel like characters like Doom are too big to bring in on a special. Oh, yeah. Look, like I'm not saying that's ever going to (laughs) happen. That's too much of a a big ticket. I feel like a good special would be after they... Like, say, because with, like, Panther, it's got number, obviously. So if they go, oh, yeah, mutants, cool. And they just pretty much, it throughout the movie, because it's nearly three hours long, they've got plenty of time. <laughs> if they go, yes, mutants are a thing, they could do, like, a special and then kind of soft-release some other mutant storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't have to be any hard-hitting... Big names like Cyclops or Wolverine or anything like that, you know, but just like a known enough mutant, like even Angel. Yep. You know, that's fine. Like he's, yes, he's like one of the oldest serving X-Men, but like he's not like- He's the, not on their level. He's not a front runner. Yeah. You know? But yeah, like I guess, yeah, like secondary tertiary char- tertiary characters that maybe can get some more shine or have a good story in them to tell, you know, get a good creative director. 
tell a good story. Like, at the end of the day, we watch these things because we like the way that they make us feel, right? Like these these movies are I enjoyable. feel like Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man. You feel like Spider-Man? Poor. Poor. <laughs> That's depressing, man. <laughs> uh, the old Peter Parker luck. Yeah, <laughs> baby. But like, as much as like I've said before on this podcast, like I am very much a sucker for like the lowest common denominator when it comes to films, you know, like give me some explosions, give me robots, give me lightsabers, all that kind of stuff. I still enjoy a good story. You you would love Gundam. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It's Transformers with lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was just making sure you knew what it was. Japanese Transformers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not even Transformers, really. No, they're, they're just big robots. They're just big robots. It's like the fly. Megazord from Power Rangers. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I was just making sure. No, anyway. I know. I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm familiar. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, like... I still want a good story to go along with that. And that's why like Thor Love and Thunder didn't really work for me. And as much as that was a spectacle and it looked great and there was lots of like cool aesthetics in it and big fights with the, you know, with the big boss, bad boss guy, like. I feel like it just focused too heavily on its visuals. Yeah. Like there wasn't enough story or there wasn't enough cohesive story and it just felt like disjointed. That it, was a lot, it was a lot of shine, but not a lot of soul. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean by like, when I, when I say that werewolf by night is this perfect combination of style and substance is that like Thor love and thunder hung its hat too much on the style and not so much the substance. And there needs to be that mixture. Otherwise that's why people are going to start turning it off because they're not as involved in these characters as they should be, or they're not as emotionally invested in these characters as what they should be. I just hate that I feel that Christian Bale was wasted. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is a fantastic actor. And what Gore the God Butcher could have been. Yeah, and I, I don't I, I know I know you're big on like how, how, <laughs> how he looked. That's not even what bothers me. I'm just like <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, but that is <laughs> that is one gripe I have. <laughs> it's just the fact that I was like, he's He's so much more than what he was in that movie. But he was also like one of the best parts of that movie. And that's I like that is the other disappointing part, right? Like yeah. Christian Bale gave it his all and was still kind of disappointing. It's like ah It wasn't his performance though, it was just No, like, no, it was the character and the story around that. Oh well. I guess <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> on that note <laughs> No, I, I guess if Marvel is listening, if there is anybody in Marvel that is listening to what we're talk about, talking about right now, it, it would like the I would main... look great as Power Man <laughs> or Wonder Man. Actually, yeah, Wonder Man. I want to be Wonder Man. <laughs> other than that, <laughs> Rick, would, than... Rick would make an average beast. A beast? No, I want to be the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Rick, Rick for the thing. Yeah. Five foot eight thing. <laughs> he's not tall though, is he? No, no. But he's definitely bigger than and me. He's just huge. <laughs> I like like I'm a pretty solid dude at five foot eight. Like I'm pretty like thick. <laughs> thick with two C's. Five foot eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm just I'm not thing big, you know? Yeah. But you know, other than like our our preferences for who we'd like to be casted as as the MCU, the one thing that I would like any Marvel producers that are listening to right now to take away would just be do more things like this. I'm going to I'm going to go the opposite way of that. <laughs> do less things no, like No, 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 this. no. Not, not the opposite, but just just also like I feel like Marvel did the same thing for the longest time because it worked. And then all of a sudden everyone was just like, oh, they're, they're just doing the same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, fair enough. So they've finally done something different that's worked. It's like do it maybe one or two more times. But like don't just Keep doing it. Well, it's, it's, I guess, like the end point is like get away from the Marvel formula, right? Like expand and do things. Even She Hulk called it out in the finale. Like, oh, everybody says that Marvel movies finish the same way. And like, yeah, it'd be good to get away from that. Do some different things, tell a good story. That's all we really need, to be honest. All right. Should we finish up? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've, um, we've set our piece, we've set our praises, and we've had our critiques. Covered a couple of things today. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be 
talking about Andor. Andor. I'm really excited to talk about Andor. We're gonna Andor. be we're gonna be coming into it in the midway point. So we're gonna be from episode one to episode six. We're gonna be talking about that because this is gonna come out after episode seven was released. So we are a week behind as far as our analysis is concerned, but I am really excited to talk about Andor. I'm really enjoying Andor so far. Oh yeah, baby. It's really, really good. So that'll be fun. That'll be good to talk about that and get those thoughts out. Anything else before we wrap up that you wanted to add in? No, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Happy. Not physically, but... Okay, well, less good now. Um... I meant purely because of, you know, the flu that you're currently dealing with. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel great. I feel like, <clears throat> Jesus, I feel like I, if I get sick, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, because I'm a bundle of joy right now, Rick. Well, not just because of the fact that you made me sick. How do you think I feel? Huh? Huh? Well, I hope, hope guilty. Yeah? Guilty? <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyways, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of our breakdown of the finale of She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. Two, I think, I would safe to say like two products that were successful, I think. Yes. yes. Well, specifically and the finale and Werewolf by Night, but I would say two successful products. Just real quick, uh, make sure you comment who brought you here to us, me or Rick. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely fine if you lie. Just put a name. Doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe maybe just put who you like better or not you know just uh just actually just write my name <laughs> <laughs> just no context <laughs> whenever the next post goes up and you hear this just just comment robbie <laughs> yes yes and then we'll know we'll know for sure rick <laughs> <laughs> that does not mean anything <laughs> <laughs> all the people you work with robbie what <laughs> i've never met this guy in my life what <laughs> I don't know. I liked his tenacity. What can I say? <laughs> I liked his tenacity. Yeah, he's got a he's got a good vigor about him, you know. <laughs> I don't like that he said that about me. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's my cue to leave, guys. Thank you, thank you very much well, for listening. Talking about social media, please do jump onto our social medias. Leave us a like. Do interact. Like we do like to talk to you guys about this stuff as well. Feel free to uh, leave a comment on whatever we post. And if you do have anything that you'd like us to talk about, anything that you, any topics that you want us to cover, any questions that you have for us, please send us an email at the only pop culture podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. Because again, and I say this at the end of every episode, and it sounds a bit like I'm pleading, but it does really, really help us out. So don't forget to leave those five-star reviews. But otherwise, we will talk to you again next week. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>